On today's episode, I spoke with Kuba Chubayevsky about audience-driven content, AI marketing, and personal branding. Kuba is a content marketer and strategist who has built a six-figure content marketing agency. He's also gathered a 25,000 people audience around his brand and generated over a million dollars worth of organic traffic for his clients. So let's dive right into it. You are a content marketer. You've written a lot online. That's kind of been your, your big thing that you've been doing. And I'm curious just if you would walk us through what the catalyst was to that got you started in content marketing and what your journey's been like so far. Ooh, um, okay. So uh, basically, uh, me landing in content marketing was a complete accident. <laughs> so I started uh, out actually... Um, Two and a half years ago, I think. Uh, so I had, I was right after high school. I finished, uh, I finished my house, high school. I took a gap year and I was wondering what should I do with my life? And of course, as a young person, I was, um, I was hopping from job to job. And at one point I, I landed a job uh, at an e-commerce store where they needed someone who, apart from, you know, packing the, the actual orders, will help them with marketing as well. So I started to learn about SEO, organic marketing, how to, you know, set up um, some campaigns uh, in Google ads. And yeah, so I was starting to touch this uh, a little, um, this, this world of marketing. And later on, uh, I uh, realized that I really like the fact that there's something like content marketing. I just found it by probably buy some Facebook ad with, with a course on content marketing or something like that. And I, and I was like, wow, so people actually built an entire system for it, you know, entire like frameworks. And, and this is great. So I started uh, learning more and more um, about it. And then um, I found a job position for a junior content marketer. Um, I applied and after a week, um, I, I got the interview the next day and after a week I was, I was in and then I started to basically, you know, uh, you know how it is when you land your first job in marketing and you kind of have to a little fake it till you make it. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> so I started, um, I, I basically landed the job and, um, had to quite, quite quickly learn a lot about uh, about marketing, about content marketing specifically. So I bought a lot of books, I bought a lot of courses, and I was testing all the ideas that I learned in, in practice very quickly. So it was a very iterative process of me learning something, testing in the wild, and getting the, the lessons back. Uh, so later on, uh, after a few months of this uh, back and forth, I was uh, thinking maybe it's time to uh, start talking about it because I love it so much. I spent so much time learning about it. Maybe there are people out there who want to talk about it as well. So I started posting on Twitter, um, you know, just just posting about how I how I do content marketing. And then uh, I found a beautiful community there of people who are creators, who are marketers as well, but uh, sometimes just you know content writers and uh, content creators in general. And it turned out to, you know, since then I decided that, hey, being online, publishing content online, uh, apart from working at a company, it's a, it's a fantastic thing to do. So, so I started doing it and, you know, there is this history basically. Yeah. So you, you talk a lot about 
audience-driven content in particular. So when you started creating for yourself, how did you tap into or find your audience? And how has that changed from mm -hmm. the beginning until now? Mm. Yeah, so um, one thing I realized pretty quickly uh, one, once I landed my first real job in content marketing was that uh, I didn't know much about content and I wasn't aware, I wasn't suffering from any course of knowledge because no knowledge was there. And so um, I started to think, hey, where can I find the best insights about everything, how to craft the message? And one of my colleagues showed me like an Excel file where they had some reviews or customer feedback from, from the chat or something like that. I, was, I, I worked in a SaaS company. And so uh, I took this Excel, I spent a, a whole day with it because it was so valuable and, you know, all the little bits and pieces. And I was, well, this is the, a perfect idea for this, con for content. This is perfect idea. So later I realized that, you know, the best place you can look for idea, like unique things to, to publish is your audience and actually listening to them. And uh, turned out that uh, that this is a you know a huge truth in marketing in general. And uh, I, after working with a lot of companies of different companies and working uh, as a freelancer first and then as an agency founder, um, I realized that people aren't doing much effort in that regard, you know, or they are claiming they're doing it and not necessarily do it. Um, or they presume some things instead of actually asking your audience. So I started really prioritizing it throughout my own processes and throughout my own um, work. So, so I always, like, I always wanted to, uh, when, when talking to founders, instead of asking them what, what they think the audience thinks, I actually wanted to get down to the bottom of this and, and actually know what they think. So... That this is where basically this um, this angle of my content started started to emerge a little bit, and that's how that's how basically I uh, am creating what I create now. So I start I I'm trying to tell people how to actually intentionally listen to to their audience and how to embrace this voice of customer in throughout the the entire marketing strategy, but more specifically throughout the con their content strategy, how to craft content that. Uh, resonates because it's so close to the customer. Yeah, so the the intake process of figuring out what your audience wants is one thing, but then having to put it back into content is kind of separate. So mm -hmm. that you know, capturing the actual voice of the customer and what they say and what they care about. What's your approach to that side of it? Once you already know what they think and you know what they want, now you have to put it back on paper or on a website. What's your approach for doing that effectively? Yeah, um, the biggest, I think what, what the biggest part of it all is, is that the, I start to think about crafting the content from mm, like every piece somehow has to uh, relate back to a specific customer goal, fear, frustration. So I, I keep track of every as much as I can, of course, um, every, every piece of, of the voice of customer, I uh, tie it back. I also, uh, I always come back to this, um, to this one question. Is it talking to the specific thing? It, this is what also content writing taught me, uh, I think, because 
concentrating was um, is so much about you know um, crafting the message that uh, that is super specific and applies to the like very precise scenario of the customer that I want that I think this is also how I extrapolated it to to the to to the marketing to the content marketing strategy uh, where we always come back to the what exactly what is the problem what is the goal what is the um, what is the reality that we want to that our customer um, uh, desires and we how how we can present it to them with this particular piece of content and it you know it's it's it's, it's kind of broad to uh, to take a, if you take a look at it it's kind of a broad broad approach but it comes down to choosing a from choosing a format uh, to actually putting in the text or you know animations or videos whatever it is um it all it always comes back to does my customer want it or or not you know does does they expect it do they expect it so going back to the customer interview side of this when you're you're trying to figure out what your audience actually wants Mm -hmm. they'll give you a lot of stuff uh, they'll they'll tell you things, and, and sometimes even they'll tell you things that maybe aren't the full truth or even any part of the truth, and you mm-hmm. have to sift through that. So when you, when you're collecting qualitative data from people, how do you determine what should actually be used for content mm-hmm. in the future and what should be left behind? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, of course there is um, a portion of it is trial and error. So uh, with content, you have the um, you have the opportunity to test different things um, because because you, you you have the a bigger room for error, let's say, because there is usually not a lot of uh, ad money involved into it, so so you can test different things and gather the feedback. Uh, but also, apart from that, is um, also trying to kind of. Hmm, I, I imagine it as drawing the one straight line where where it uh, where we know certain things about our customers because it's you know it's common sense it's uh, a lot of like a lot of people told us that, that this is a problem this is a this is a goal that we have um, and uh, kind of uh, having this one line uh, that you stick to and when there is a new piece of information you know new piece of customer feedback or um, new kind of uh, new kind of thing that, that can influence this this direction um i always come back to and think okay do we know does does this information is just one specific scenario of this person or um is it strong enough or is it you know so diverse that we can translate this experience to other people's lives as well you know because uh yeah and i think that's that's the only thing that you, that I can do that I know uh, I can do um and other than that it's just testing and asking people if if this is the the right message you know if this is the the right format and you can i you know with the tests uh i i'd rather start smaller instead of posting you know 10 blog posts about it I, I would rather, you know, have a few social media posts or uh, or one video about it and gather gather this feedback. Uh, and right now, the feedback you're getting is instant because once you publish it, you know 
if if this is working or not, regardless of the algorithms or anything. Yeah, exactly. Let, let's let's shift gears a little bit here and, and weave some AI talk in, into this. Uh, AI and content marketing, depending on who you talk to, is either a match made in heaven or it's the worst thing that's ever happened to content marketing. <laughs> so I, I'm curious to know where you fall on that spectrum and what are kind of like the pros and cons to you of using AI for content marketing? Mm. Mm-hmm. I feel research is the most important part uh, right now for me when it comes to using AI in my workflow. Um, writing, not so much. It annoys me. I have a, I have, I have a theory that you know because so many people used AI, uh, used ChatGPT specifically for um, for writing for writing blog posts. It's it got templated, you know. I don't know how it works in particular, but I think it learns with more and more people putting in data. It learns more, and yeah, the templates that it now uses it are so repetitive that I just got allergic to it. Uh, but other than that, I feel like there is huge uh, amount of power in um, researching with with AI with. Um, I have to deal with a lot of data, both quantitative and qualitative. So I have to, you know, I have to be able to make decisions quickly based on those data. So if AI allows me to make decisions faster and draw conclusions faster, I can, I am, yeah, I'm all for it. Uh, The only thing that for me matters the most is that content specifically is about human connection. Uh, And... I don't know if AI is ready to do that yet. Um, I would love it to, may, or maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. But <laughs> I, I, in my opinion, it's, it's not yet. I hope it won't. Yeah, you see, I, I, think that, I think that it hope it won't. I hope it won't be like that ever. I want to maintain this human element in creation, content creation, regardless how powerful AI is. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's the most authentic thing you can do. Yeah. What, what are the specific things for research that you use AI for? Um, so, uh, for example, I have to deal, uh, while writing a lot of blog articles, um, I have to deal with a lot of research papers. I have to first locate them, uh, validate them, and, you know, make sure, make sure that uh, I have the right insights from those research papers. So there is AI specifically created for it. Uh, I don't remember the name. So. Um, so this, I just type in, uh, this is super powerful, by the way. I just type in a research paper about the benefits of uh, drinking three liters of water. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, I just type this query and in the, um, it, got, it gets me like 10, 20 research papers about drinking water and its benefits, you know? So it's... Uh, I don't have to scroll through long pages of Google. I don't have to click through link by link by link to find the source because it actually finds the source for me and it saves me, sometimes it saves me hours of picking, you know, those research papers manually. So yeah, it's, it's amazing. Let, let's chat personal branding too, that you, you've built up an audience on, on Twitter. Um, I, I think you probably expanded beyond Twitter at this point as well, but what are the kind of timeless strategies or principles that you have applied to growing your own personal brand? Mm -hmm. Always coming back to listening to the customers uh, or or my audience and 
talking, let me give you an example, maybe, uh, to, to prove this. Uh, a week ago or two weeks ago, I, I posted on LinkedIn about how personal branding for, for a SaaS founder that deals with uh, data security is a little different than from a personal branding coach on LinkedIn. You know, this is, this is a different topic. Guess who signed up for a call with me? <laughs> the exact person that I was talking about. So, so this was, this was, uh, this is something that I use, try to kind of incorporate or call out all of those, uh, thoughts that my audience experiences and, and I know about them. So this is one thing, but also, um, a lot of engagement, a lot of support. I, uh, I feel like the power of community. I realized how powerful communities are, uh, online. And not necessarily influence or, you know, being, you know, the most impactful marketer in the world, but being the most fun to be around. That sounds nice. And it's, it builds it, you know, it connected me to so many amazing people. Some became my clients, some not, but regardless, I, I had so much fun talking hours and hours with them. So this is a lot of fun. Ba basically, I'm building a business, but I'm also having tons of fun while doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's, there's some lesson in there for founders as well that are trying to build their yeah. personal brands. Um, and, and speaking of founders, B2B companies, SaaS, wh whatever you want to do, um, companies in general, looking forward at content marketing, what do you think the future looks like differently, you know, five years from now compared to what content marketing is like right now? I feel like content will become more interactive. I feel like content will become the tool to not only present information or mm, provide value. I hate this phrase, but you know what I mean. But rather it will be more you actually interacting with content, you actually taking part in experiences that content provides. So we are growing more in the fields of AR, VR, um, gamification of content. Snapchat recently released a, a content experience for Halloween, for example, which is like insane. But I feel like this is the, the direction we're going towards. I feel like it started with video a little bit, and now we are expanding beyond video and we're starting to grow outside uh, video and, you know, trying to, how to actually make our customers um, a part of, of this experience. So if that's the future, I would love that. that. That sounds amazing. And I think that that certainly sounds like the way things could, could possibly go. Mm. Last, last question here, as we wrap up, if you were advising a company um, on content marketing specifically, what is the most likely mistake that they're making that they could easily correct? Like what, what is the most common thing that you are seeing companies do wrong with content marketing that could very easily be fixed? Presumptions. I feel like the biggest obstacle usually is that we presume that we think, uh, presume that we know about our certain things about our market, customers, business, whatever. We are so close to it all the time. We are so work, we are working very closely on the product that we feel like we know everything and, um, being doubtful about our knowledge, uh, and being consistent with it actually helps. And I saw it with my clients that when they become doubtful about their knowledge, they really start to grow. They really start to communicate their value properly. 